0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to Game Changers. I'm your host, John Keevey. On our podcast, we discuss topics regarding careers with influential individuals from the investment management industry.
1: Our own thinking and perceptions are, are controlling our whole world. It's about being able to use the mind intentionally to work for you versus against you, which is what it's doing in most of our cases.
0: Today, my guest is Adrian Grace. I've known Adrian for about 15 years now as an experienced and highly successful salesperson in the industry. Coming up on two years ago, Adrian has made a pivot to becoming an entrepreneur and starting her own coaching business with a focus on mindset and high performance as a Procter Gallagher consultant. We are going to talk with Adrienne today about what got her started in the business of investment management, how she developed and advanced her career, and then why she decided to pivot to starting her own coaching business. We'll discuss her thoughts on the power of mindset in both your personal and professional lives, and how all of us can take positive steps to improve our mindset. Hi, Adrienne. Welcome to Game Changers.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
0: Thank you. Great to see you again. So, Adrian, you and I have known each other for about 15 years now. I was looking at your LinkedIn profile, yeah. and I know that you're, you know, you, you, you're a veteran now. But back when we met, you were just a year or two out of college, just Wholesale? getting your feet wet in the industry. So, if you wouldn't mind, um, you know, my listener base is the, the financial advisor slash investment wholesaler community, and I'm sure most of us would love to hear what your background is, what led you to make the the career choice to get into financial services. And then of course, we're going to segue into your current career, which of course is mindset coaching. Yeah. So if you wouldn't mind, tell us a little bit about your early influences. And I'm always curious to hear what led people to choose their chosen career path and what led you to Pursue financial services out of curiosity.
1: Yeah, so I don't have a very exciting answer, but I'm I, I do have an honest answer. So oh, when I was in <laughs> when I was in college, um, I became a business major, and then there were like the other avenues that you can do, like marketing, accounting, finance, and. Sure. You know, Just from doing research, I heard that, okay, finance, if you have a finance degree, you can easily get a marketing career, but if you have a marketing career or degree, it's not easy to get a finance job. So right. I was like, all right, I'll, I'll just go with finance. And I was excelling in those classes and I liked it. But honestly, there was a, a sales class that I took one year and- mm-hmm. And a guy came in who was a financial advisor, and he said, "If you want to make the most money, you go into financial sales, hands down." And I was <laughs> like, "Okay, sold." <laughs> that's and great. That was how I made my decision. <laughs> that's
0: that's interesting. And and you, where did you go to school again?
1: Uh, University of Delaware. Oh, great,
0: great. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. I I talk to a lot of young grads. I continue to place internal wholesalers, for Brilliant. example, at, at many of the top financial services companies, and. A lot of them are studying finance, but they have vague ideas about becoming portfolio managers. And then ultimately, yeah. they turn to sales as kind of a you know, second plan. Sounds like you were thinking sales right out of the gate, which, yeah. is, which is great. Yeah. Um, so then when you and I met, I think, in, as I said, in 07, I think you were a financial advisor. Was that your... Am I remembering that correctly, your first job out of, out of school?
1: Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was a, okay. a bond broker. Yeah. <laughs>
0: what, le- what led you to do that? I mean, what what uh, what appealed to you about the advisory route?
1: Yeah, I think I was just, you know, again, that, that guy had come in and, and that was just kind of what I knew. And, um, and so there was this firm, a small firm that I worked for in New Jersey called Henny and Walsh, and they came to it- Delaware to recruit on campus. And I actually, and so it was like, I was, you know, I was selling muni bonds and that was like all I knew, right? I I didn't really understand financial advisor. I just thought there was like a stockbroker and then this was like a bond broker. And, um, you know, I interviewed with them right on campus and they offered me a job. And so I was like, this is great. It's, you know, in New Jersey, it's close to home and they were going to sponsor me to get my licenses, which is what I wanted. And so it all kind of lined up and made sense. It's Although great. I didn't quite know what I was getting myself into. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm imagining there was quite a few, uh, quite a, quite a bit of cold calling going on and trying to raise assets right out of the gate.
1: Yes. Correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, basically they just gave us, um, yeah, list of names and no computer sure. or anything, just a phone and they were like, okay, here, call.
0: <laughs> right. What were your early experiences like with that? I mean, did you find it to be, I mean, did you have an adjust, do you have any, like in high school, did you do any selling or anything like that? Were, were you, um, accustomed to, in some shape or form, the rejection and the, maybe not the rejection, but the the ignoring that goes on in the world of sales.
1: Yeah, I was because one year when I was home uh, for the summer and I was trying to get a job, I ended up getting a job that was like, um, I don't even know, like they called it like direct selling, but basically like we'd go to the office in the morning and they'd give us a ton of stuff to sell, (laughs) like (laughs) drill kits and stuff like that. And you just like went, you picked a town and you went door to door like inside businesses trying to sell this stuff. And uh, I mean, I really hustled that summer. You worked like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday and then Saturday 9 to 5. And I did that and that definitely gave me some sales skills and uh, used to the rejection, right? Especially face-to-face. So the phone sales seemed easier to me because I felt (laughs) like you're kind of hiding behind that a little bit. You're not, you know, face-to-face.
0: Right. Right. No, that's great. And uh, honestly, a lot of the, 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 some of the best candidates I've come across have had an experience like Cutco Knives or something where they've done something very hand-to-hand and, you know, kind of got toughened up a little bit through that process. I did something yep. like that myself. I was working for AT&T and selling communication services very early on mm. in my career. It comes oh. door to door and, you know, you learn a lot through that process. Yeah, for sure. Um, so anyway, you and I came across one another in, in 2007 and, you know, I introduced you to PGM, Prudential then, pre- PGM now, and you entered the world of investment management. Um, how did you find that? experience getting into an internal wholesaling desk and working to call advisors, many of whom, I, I would assume most of whom had far more experience than you did at that time in your life and probably a lot more knowledge about financial services in general. It's it's a B2B sale, not a B2C sale which, where you were coming from. So I'm curious as yeah. to how you dealt with that.
1: Yeah, it was very intimidating. And right, I was super young at the time. I mean, and- although when you're you know, whatever it is, 24, uh, um, you think that you know everything, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> it was course. really intimidating. And actually a, a lot of what I heard in that career, like advisors being like, I've been in this business longer than you've been alive and <laughs> things like that. And, and feeling like, well, I felt like I did was knowledgeable about financial markets. Like I did so well in my finance classes, which I know is not exactly, you know, the financial world, but I felt like right. I did have things to offer people, but like, it was hard to, I don't know, I I almost be taken seriously, I felt. And so that was actually what caused me to start studying for the CFA designation, because I was like, I need something to prove my credibility.
0: (laughs) Right. And I, I mean, I, I'm not a CFA or anything close to it, but I, from what I gather, it's, it's an, it's an intimidating exam. It takes years to get there correct?
1: Yes. In yeah. terms of preparation. Me, mm-hmm. It took me a long time. I, th- I think it took me about four and a half years to get it. Wow.
0: Well, congrats on that. Thank um, you. So as far as your personal growth during this time, I'm, I, I'm sure you got a lot of training from PGM and outside training. Where was your personal growth during this time period? How did you mature as a salesperson or a, as an individual during this time period?
1: That's a great question. And and to be honest, I'm not really sure I did, right? I was in my okay. 20s sure. and I was very, um, I don't know what the word is, but I did think I knew it all and I and I thought that, you know, I deserved certain things. I definitely felt like a sense of entitlement at times. And, mm-hmm. you know, I ended up leaving um, PDM because I had gotten passed up for a promotion and I was really, you know, like miffed about that. (laughs) And, (laughs) um, you know, so I just, I think I just didn't really take time to look at myself personally. (laughs) Right. And and I was just super focused on my career and growth (laughs) and achievement and like getting to that next rung and like, how can I achieve? How can I achieve? And I was really caught up in that. And so, you know, bounced firms a couple times, like, (laughs) you know, to make more money or to get a better title. Sure. um, and then eventually you know, landed at First Eagle. But.
0: Right, right. So, and, and an interesting thing here, um, for for those that aren't familiar, this industry is particularly on the sales side from from an outsider looking in, it's very male dominated. And how, how did you navigate that? Was that something that presented a challenge? Did you find that, did you find a way to turn that to your advantage? Was that not a factor? How, how did that affect you, if, if at all?
1: Yeah, definitely affected me. I mean, it's not easy. And I think things are changing now and there are more women or they're trying to like make a push for more women. Um, But it, you know, I thought that I could use it to my advantage to help like, you know, to stand out more and just like differentiate myself, especially like in sales. I think that, you know, it's important to to be different than the masses um but it definitely did not come without its challenges and sure you know especially thinking about 15 16 years ago um there was a lot of stuff that went on that definitely was not okay and i didn't realize it because i was so young so naive Mm -hmm. and you kind of just accepted things for what they were when those things happen and now looking back on a lot of stuff things that people right. said to me and did and um it, yeah it's not very pretty <laughs> so yeah. it, it did have its challenges i think that there sure. could be an advantage for sure um if it's and i don't even want to say advantage but i just think women have a different skill set than men right and so yeah, if you can kind of bring that to the table but um but yeah, I think it does have its challenges and it's so nice to see now that there is like such a push for more equality and diversity in the industry.
0: Yes. Um, I personally, you know, every client that I work with has an emphasis on on, on diversity to a Isn't? certain degree. Some are doing it, I'm sure, just to make themselves a more diverse company and then others really have a true interest in, you know, at, at their core in becoming more diverse and and benefiting from that diverse workforce and everything that different perspectives can, can bring to the table. But thank God the world is a little bit different now, 16 years, 16 (laughs) years later, hopefully it'll be a more better environment. My frustration is trying to get young women to actually enter the industry. Yeah. Um, and and join. I mean, once they're in, I, I find in general, most women thrive and do extremely well. Uh, in their careers, it's just struggle and getting them to to the table and getting them into the industry is the biggest obstacle
1: for sure. And I think that there should be some more like education around that because I think women get really intimidated by well, if I like if I pick a career, then I'm not going to be able to have a family, or like they almost think right. it's like an either or. And I think that's what deters a lot of women. Um, sure, but I do just think maybe like more education around what. The financial world is about. And so through my years, just in the industry, I've had so many people ask me to talk to their daughters who mm-hmm. were you know, potentially interested. So I've always done that because I think it is really important. And I love helping women get into the business and succeed in this business.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. That brings up a good point. Did you have any mentors that really, that you leaned on early on in your career, either managers or women that were more senior to you? Did you have anybody available to you that helped you along
1: the way? To tell you the truth, no, sadly not. And I think I'm to blame for part of that. I think that, you know, if you want a mentor, you have to be proactive about it, right? And really, (laughs) you know, not everyone is lucky enough to have somebody just come and take them under their wing. And so if you want that guidance, I think you need to like speak up Uh, find the people that you admire and want to learn from them and then go learn from them and do it.
0: Right, right. So let's now talk about your transition from being an internal wholesaler and a a phone-based salesperson to the more advanced role of being being an external wholesaler. So at this point, you've moved over to First Eagle. You've done a tour duty there, I believe, as an internal wholesaler Uh as well. And I'm sure at that point, you're very tired. Of the phones, and I know I know from personal experiences, it's easier said than done. Going from the role of an internal to an external wholesale—that that is a pretty big leap, and many never make it. They, mm-hmm. They're just not cut out for it. They don't have the opportunity. Stars don't align, or what have you. But you actually were able to make that happen, and, yep. and kudos to you for that. Um How did that come about? How, were you in a competitive situation to actually get that role?
1: I was to, to get
0: promoted. Okay.
1: Yeah. So actually, there was. Uh, a hybrid position opened, and it- there were, I believe, three or four of us that that even got chosen to interview for it. Um, and so I was picked to interview for it, and I was excited. But the problem, well, well I don't want to say a problem, but like I almost felt like I had a disadvantage going in because, um, one of my Peers who he was actually covering the territory as an internal and had been for several years and was working with that wholesaler for that territory. So, I when I interviewed for it, I just didn't I didn't think it was going to be a possibility. But I was like, all right, well, this is my time to prove myself, uh, and it ended up really well. I did great in the interview. That they actually ended up they promoted him to that position, but they ended up carving out another territory for me. Uh, for, to have as a hybrid role. That's great. And then, um, luckily I only had to do, I mean, I did that even less than a year when this other territory opened up and they asked me to move out here to Denver full time to take over a full, full wholesaling position.
0: That's great. That's awesome. Now, did you have any personal ties to Denver, any family out there, any friends, or were you just None. pack up and
1: <laughs> I, had zero, I land had, somewhere? I had never even been to Denver. When they oh, told wow. me I had to move here and I was like, <laughs> what? I was like, what goes on in Denver? I had no idea. Um yeah, I remember my my boss saying to me, he's like, Oh, you're gonna love it. It's super outdoorsy. Everyone hikes and bikes. It's like, are you outdoorsy? I was like, Jim, I'm from New Jersey. Oh, I'm not outdoorsy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I've fully embraced the Colorado lifestyle. It's it's amazing out here. I love it.
0: That's awesome. Did you have any um, trepidation fears? I'm sure you did. And just in terms of leaving your family and going away from the people that you knew best and stuff. I mean, it must have been a little bit challenging there.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, it, it, Yeah, definitely there was, were some fears, but actually I, I was more excited than yeah. anything. And um, on the personal side, I was actually... Uh, Going through a divorce, oh. and so it was actually nice to start fresh and a new city. Sure. <laughs> um, and so, but but the family thing was really hard because I'm I'm really close with my family, and right. you know I lived a few blocks away from my sister, and she had a new baby at the time, and uh-huh. um and so yeah, leaving my family was hard. But I actually go back very often to see them, so it's worked out. But um, that's great. But yeah. Very good,
0: very good. So, I, I've never been a wholesaler, as I said, um, but I understand that you know the, it's, there's a whole lifestyle to being an external wholesaler. You're in the field a lot. What? Your breakfast, lunch, dinners, events, weekend weekend things, social, golf. How did that lifestyle suit you? I mean, were you psyched for that? Did you enjoy that part of the part of the job?
1: At first, yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you know it, it does sound very exciting and you, know, you get this expense account, you get to go to fancy dinners and it is fun for a while, right? And it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's, you know, a privilege to be able to do those things, right? To, you know, be able to go out to some really nice dinners and order really expensive wine and play on some really nice golf courses <laughs> and stuff like that, that a lot of people sure. don't get the opportunity to do. Uh, so I, I did really like that about it, right. but I will say it gets exhausting quickly. Yeah. And you also, what I learned about myself, cause you know, once I moved to Denver, that was really where my personal growth journey started. Um, <laughs> I learned that, that busyness and that, you know, doing so much stuff really is, is trying to fill a void, I believe for something else that's kind of missing inside of you.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. That's great. So that kind of leads me to segue into, you know, how you came upon the real realization of wanting to make a change in your life and a change in your, in your career. So you're, you're living this lifestyle, very busy, a lot of pressure, I would imagine, grow we'll sales. that Let's not forget about that. Yeah. Um, what were the things that were happening in your life that were like, you know, th- these things don't seem right to me or, you know, made you question, the path you were
1: on yeah so it didn't really happen until the pandemic really is it like i, I would think have... a
0: lot
1: of us <laughs> yeah exactly. i think a lot of us
0: got very introspective during that <laughs> yes, time period,
1: exactly and i would have flashes at times to be like because i just you know my heart wasn't in it is in it? wholesaling right and um you know, and I would always be like, oh, well what would it be like to like do something else, right? And you'd kind of like fantasize sometimes, but then I would just like quickly shut it down because you tell yourself it's not really realistic. You can't really do stuff right. like, <laughs> like that. And right. um and but so during when the pandemic came and we got locked down, um I, one I just realized how tired I really was. Like I was <laughs> Exhausted. I just remember like sleeping so much more than I ever had (laughs) slept. Um, (laughs) and I was like, wow, like I'm a different person now that I'm like energized and sleep and function. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, and so, and I just got, I was really burned out, really burned out. And I just had Mm. like zero motivation to like do what I was supposed to be doing every day. And, um, and I just didn't know why. And so that was really just kind of when I started really doing some soul sorting and just kind there's of it. like digging deep about like, well, what do I want my life to really look like? And is this really what, I, what I want to be doing for the rest of my life? And you know, what's right. the path from here? I didn't even think about that, right? Like as a wholesaler, it, I mean, I do really believe that there's kind of like a shelf life to wholesaling. It's hard to do that job for a really long time. Sure. Um, and so, you know, then the next step would be like a management role. And I wasn't really sure if I ever wanted to do that. And so I really started just kind of thinking about that. Is it? And uh, I actually hired a coach myself that year. Um, okay. Earlier in the year, just as kind of like a, a business coach to help like re-engage me with my career. Uh, and what was interesting was that in working with her, I realized that the job just like was not aligned with my values at all and that was why I was like struggling so much to find motivation every day
0: now was your business coach coming at coming at this situation from the perspective of investment management or was it broader than that
1: no she was much broader than that Um, okay yeah it was she was more of like a personal coach but I hired her for the line like you could have for business basically
0: right Right, that's great. That's great, and it's it's great that you actually took the step to engage a coach. I I have one myself. Cool. It, it's it's primarily business related, but I didn't realize how much I needed it until yep. I until I got into okay. the process of of working with him. So, cool. Now, have you always been like a motivational junkie? Have you always been into, you know, the typical? I mean, I could turn this camera around and show you my sagging bookcase of all of the. <laughs> various top you know books that I have some of them I haven't read some of which I've read but um have you always gravitated to that stuff to to self-improvement and reading and such
1: yes very much so very much so um and and like I said especially when I moved out to Denver that then it kind of even took on more of an interest in me and I was really fascinated by you know personal development in general and so like always was reading a ton of stuff and doing Is a it? ton of stuff um, in that line.
0: Right. Now, did your business coach turn you on to the concept of mindset, you know, kind of helping you segue into what you're doing today?
1: Somewhat. I mean, I was already very much a believer in the Is whole it? mindset concept and how like our Is minds it? really are powerful and are creating our whole realities. Sure. Uh, but actually, what happened was she just kind of helped guide me in realizing that 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 the wholesaling just wasn't aligned with my values. But my intention, even after working with her, wasn't to quit. I still actually hadn't did not think I was going to leave or I thought, I thought maybe like eventually, but I, I thought maybe like I would start something on the side and, sure. um, but then I actually found the material that I now coach on and went through that program myself. And that was like what really changed me and hit something inside of me and was like, you know what, I'm just going to quit and do this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's great. I mean, I talked to People almost every day that are looking to make a pivot of some of some kind, and I would say ninety plus percent never make that pivot. I mean, it's a dream, but they more. don't take the big scary leap to do yep. something like that. I would imagine that you know, as a wholesaler, you're making very good money. Yep. You know, compared to the average person, uh, and that gets addicting, and that definitely your, your lifestyle tends to move up to wherever your income is. Wherever. So it's almost like you can't make a pivot. Um, What kind of fears did you have to overcome to to actually do this?
1: Yeah, all of that. Right. I mean, (laughs) kind of like the golden handcuffs, right? That they do, you know, you're paid well and you think that you can't live without that, (laughs) but what I learned is that these are all stories that we tell ourselves Mm -hmm. and It's like, what kind of keeps us stuck doing things that we don't want to do when we think when there's that fear and we're too scared to do it. And I just had to think like, I don't want fear to control my life. You know, like if I were to die tomorrow, what would my biggest regret be? It would would be never going after what I really wanted and never doing what I really wanted to do. Right. And that to me is scarier than walking away from money. Maybe. And so I just had to weigh that out. Plus, literally, there's like a module in <laughs> the program that I coach on called uh, Trampling the Terror Barrier. And <laughs> it's all about like what actually is physically happening in your mind and body when you're faced with fear, uh, because it, it it has to do with like, you know, our conditioning and things like that and, and how to overcome it. And that was really helpful.
0: Right. Yeah, I guess fear is, fear is very primitive. And yeah, it not. speaks right to our, uh, you know, some of our most human impulses, and it's hard to yes, overcome. Um, right. But I think it holds most of us back. Um, I... How did you get? So, so tell me about mindset as you define it, as as to how one should think about mindset.
1: Hmm, that's a great question. <laughs> um, should... So. I think that, like I said earlier, our minds really are so powerful and our own thinking and perceptions are, are controlling our whole world. And I, what I learned is that 95% of all of our behavior and our results are driven from our subconscious mind. Okay. And so it's about learning how our mind works and understanding how the mind works. And then being able to use the mind intentionally to work for you versus against you, which is what it's doing in most of our cases. Yeah. So I would say that's kind of how I define it.
0: <laughs> and how is your program structured? How do you what's the delivery like for your coaching services?
1: Yep. So it's uh, 12 modules and um, we spend two weeks per module. So it's 24 weeks that we spend together. And it's all about, mm-hmm. yeah, reprogramming your mind, um, kind of embedding the programs that you want in your mind to achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve.
0: Mm. Okay. Uh, you mentioned in your in your work success mindset. What, it, what does that mean? How, well, how do you achieve a success mindset?
1: So, I mean, it's proven that the most successful people in the world think very differently than the masses. Yeah. And so that's like the biggest difference is actually just how they view the, themselves and the world. And so anyone could actually achieve that success mindset. It's just, again, understanding how, how the mind works and how... Um, and how to use it. And I would even say a lot of really successful people, because there's tons of obviously successful advisors and wholesalers. Sure. I would call most of them like unconscious competence, right? Like they actually don't even realize that they're doing a lot of these things. They're just kind of intuitively successful, that they were brought up with like a different worldview and belief in themselves. Um, it- but again, anyone can develop the mindset. It's just about learning how.
0: Sure. And what aspects of a, um, beyond hitting their numbers and making the kind of money that they want to make, how does improving one's mindset help either a financial advisor and or a wholesaler, not only in their in their professional lives, and again, meeting their targets, get, making the kind of money that they want to make, but also their personal lives? What are the types of benefits that they could expect to get from improving their mindset?
1: Yeah, I mean, their whole world impo- improves, right? Their whole lives improve. Because once you start realizing, again, how the mind works, and and bringing some more like conscious awareness to yourself and your habits, and um, and the way you do things, and taking responsibility for that, everything starts to shift. And so, people always come to me for usually a business reason, right? They like want to make more money, or like they. You know, want to get to the next level, or they are already successful, but they're they are also burned out or working too much, um, and mm-hmm. other maybe other aspects of their life are a little out of balance. And so, uh, what happens is like everything starts to change because everything is always a reflection of what's going on in our mind. So our relationships, our um, our income is actually a reflection of what's going on in our mind. I mean, mm-hmm. everything. Our image of ourselves our weight even right if you start changing your mind and stuff i mean people are able to like get into shape a lot quicker your perception mm-hmm. of time um and, and then you kind of get reignited with this spark too because once you start like understanding who you are at the core right and why you're here on this planet it it ignites another like spark in you where sure you have that like inspiration again like every day you're excited to do what you're doing because like you're working towards this like bigger vision that you have you know you're not just kind of so caught up in like the day-to-day grind so to speak
0: sure is all of your coaching one-to-one or do you have a group dynamic there as well
1: uh, i coach in a group okay um yeah i do some one-on-one coaching at like a vip level but mostly what i do is coach in a group because it actually is really beneficial. So it acts as kind of like a mastermind where we're all can kind of learn from each other. And, it- you know, I'm always learning things from my clients all the time. And so sure. um, we have kind of a, a nice little mastermind group.
0: That's great. That's great. And you've been doing it for two years now. Um, what are your plans, if you have plans, to grow the business? I mean, do you have great aspirations to make this a bigger entity than it is today?
1: Definitely. My big goal is to... Um, Create an eight-figure business with and this, um, helping people in the finance world, and like helping people find more fulfillment, more purpose, and achieve their goals and live the life that they really want. So yeah, that's that's my goal.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, what advice would you offer, Adrian, for anyone considering a pivot as significant as the one that you did? Meaning, not just a slightly different job, but a very different job what kind of advice would you offer someone that was casually thinking about something like
1: that? My advice would be go for it, right? Favorite. So I truly believe that if we have like a dream in our heart, if there's something in us that's that wants that, it really is ours for the taking and it just takes right. the courage to go after it. And it's almost like, you know, once you do it, it, things become easy because it's like, that's really the expression that you're supposed to be living here on this right. earth right and so if you have that little seed somewhere in your mind even though you think it maybe sounds crazy and unrealistic um there's a reason why it's there so right. um yeah i say go for it <laughs> which yeah, is easier it's than that there's sure but, but you know develop that belief in yourself belief that you can do it because when you start believing that it's possible it? and i mean that's a, a game changer right <laughs> that's right. A, a big exactly. Thing.
0: Yeah. For myself, I mean, I jumped into my business without a net, without a financial oh. net. So I was, I had to make it work. I didn't have a choice. And yeah. I, I, I often offer that advice to people as well, because if you have, if if you have like a, like a, a safety net there, you, you may end up using it. Totally. Um, whereas if you just jump in t- all, all the way, not looking back, yep. you, have, you have a, your creative instincts take over, and you can make it work.
1: Exactly, um, exactly. But if
0: you're if you don't fully commit, it's very hard to make a change. Yeah, that change.
1: I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger always says, "Never have a plan B," right? Because actually, <laughs> what that it means is you're sure, subconsciously telling yourself that you don't right. believe you can do it. Sure. And so, when you don't believe you can do it, our minds are always looking to confirm our beliefs. So, sure. it's not going to be possible. So right. yeah, like really, just taking that plunge is—I'm not telling everyone they should just quit their job. <laughs> of course, of course. Um,
0: well, I'm sure you thought—I'm yeah. sure you put a lot of significant thought into this, and you had your financial plan in place, and you knew how much time you had to make it work, and all of those good things. Um, and that's what everybody needs to do. But you do need to take that risk and take that leap.
1: Yeah, um, for <laughs> sure. just yes.
0: Well, great. So, Adrian, how would one? connect with you? What's the best way to connect with you about your services to explore the concepts that you're teaching and to potentially look to you as a coach?
1: Yeah. I mean, finding me on LinkedIn is great because I do put a lot of stuff out there on LinkedIn. So my name is just Adrian Grace on that. Um, I also have a great piece, uh, called like the seven, um, the seven habits of the most successful financial advisors, but it could be for is anyone it? in finance, really. Um, sure. And it's kind of like the seven most important ways that that their thinking is different from the rest of us. Right. And I've gotten a lot of great feedback from that piece. So if you want to download that, that's over at freegiftfromgrace.com. Um, and so, yeah, I've had a lot of people use that to really just kind of shift their thinking completely as to like what's possible for themselves and their current career and just kind of learn about how to have that success mindset.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you. I really appreciate your time today, Adrian. Thanks so much. And This has been extremely valuable content for our listeners and uh, I wish you the best of luck with with your business and I'm looking forward to seeing it grow even bigger than it is now. Great. Thank you Thank you
1: so much. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Game Changers. One of the things I value the most about my job are the relationships and what I've learned from the candidates and clients I've worked with over the years, and I appreciate you all. I think my conversation today with Adrian sheds light on the fact that sometimes the career path we start out with and perhaps work many years in might not be right for us despite how good we may actually be at the job. And mid or later career pivots are difficult and the risks involved are are scary and they discourage many people from even trying. And I experienced the same fears starting out with my recruiting business and by no means has it been easy, but I certainly don't regret the decision at all 18 years later. And if you've enjoyed this content, I'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share this episode with friends. If you have any feedback, ideas, or if you'd be interested in being a guest yourself, I'd love to hear from you. I can be reached on LinkedIn, or you can reach me via email at jkeavy at careerconnections.us. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon in our next episode of Game Changers.